Clubhouse show website on www.universedj.com. What's up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered. How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> I absolutely love gospel house music, and I love being here tonight. Welcome, everybody, to Word of God Church Presents Gratitude Unfiltered. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund, and I am so blessed to see everyone here tonight. Uh, we are broadcasting live right now on the Live Mana Worldwide Network. Yes, that's new. Uh, you can find us at livemonoworldwide.org. You will also be able to find Word of God Church and a couple of new things that are going to be happening over the next few weeks. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I am live right now from the Element by Bloomington. Uh, Ele <laughs> Element by Weston Hotel in Bloomington, Minnesota, uh, right outside of Minneapolis. Uh, but we are, of course, broadcasting right now live at Word of God Church in Oklahoma City and all over the world. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, as we've shared over and over again, this is an interactive broadcast. You are just as much a part of this uh, as I am. So ask questions, leave comments. If you have prayer requests, you guys all network and say hello to each other. Brad, my man, good to see you. Thank you, Jessica, so much. Uh, great. Well, thank you so much. Um, I've never been called gorgeous uh, during church before, so that's nice. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for being here. What's up, Tiffany? Uh, so good to see you. Welcome. And um, anyway, tonight is going to be special. We're going to talk about caring. And we this is the 14th edition tonight um, going over this the power of vision uh, series we've been doing. And we're just going to continue this on until we finish. It's been very powerful. I've learned, I've, I've learned more about not just discovering our vision, but how to sharpen our vision through this series. So I hope that it's had an impact on your life. Uh, Laura, what's up, Reverend? Good to see you guys. You guys all say, like, say hello, say where you're from. We have people from all over the world. Wazero, good to see you, my friend. What's up, Randy? Good to see you. Always good to see you, man. Um, but tonight's going to be special. I... Listen, I am obsessed with vision and I'm obsessed with purpose because I know from the bottom of my heart that we all have a purpose, this unique, special, God-given purpose that, that we all get to step into, but for some reason, most of us won't. And we get to change that. So I hope that this, this broadcast, I hope that um, you know, this series has had an impact on your life. But tonight, tonight's going to be special. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to broadcast and just, one, just be in my purpose. But I hope tonight inspires and elevates other people's drive and desire to step into theirs. And I hope tonight is a night that they can finally say, my life is no... My life is no longer my own. Thy will be done. Use me for all of your purposes. Use all of me for your will, Father. Tonight is the night that lives are going to change. Tonight is the night that the Holy Spirit is going to just light up everyone that is watching and listening. Tonight is going to be special, all because of you, Father God. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Speak through me. Give me the words that need to be heard. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's get back into this. Uh, we're going to have some fun. Thank you again for being here. Uh, invite a friend, by the way. <laughs> invite a friend, um, you know, share, do whatever you need to do, but comment. But this is going to be good, and I think it's going to have a huge impact. And again, it's not me. It's all Holy Spirit. Committed to caring. C5 stands for committed to caring. Once again, 
Let's look to Jesus as our example. Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. How many of you could admit tonight that you're feeling a little weary, a little scattered, emotionally torn, exhausted, worn out, ready for it to be over? How many of you have been on your knees in the last week saying, God, just take me, just take my life? I know that there's a lot of craziness going on in the world and you know whether it's health related whether it's the, the the turmoil that's going on around the world but how many of you have said that well i got news for you you're still here and you're here for a reason a very important reason and i pray that god reveals that to you tonight when you look at the multitudes who are weary and scattered are you moved are you able to look at the protesters or even rioters? Are you moved by them? Are you moved by what's going on? Are you moved by the, the awareness of social injustice that's been going on, or maybe even some of the, the misleading facts that are being delivered? Are you committed to caring about those who don't know the Lord? Think about that. Are you truly committed to caring about those who do not know the Lord. And that's something I get to ask myself too. I mean, do I do these broadcasts? Does the pastor Castillo, does, does he give the sermons he gives because he's wanting to preach to the choir? Or is he, is he delivering those messages because he has a burning desire a burning desire to set people free from the same hell that he used to live in. One of the greatest things that I've been able to figure out about our father is that, I mean, again, I say this, I think I say this every time, but the greatest thing I've been able to figure out about God so far is that it doesn't matter what we've done, where we've been, what we've done with our lives, how we've wasted our gifts and our talents and blessings that we've had. We've taken certain, so many things for granted. We make mistakes. We still sin, even after swearing our allegiance to the Lord. God still gets to use all of those mess ups and he uses it for good. But we have to trust God enough to surrender it to him. You know, we, we trust our friends and we trust mentors, we trust, trust coaches, we trust bosses, we trust everybody else for advice and wisdom, but the one person that we don't show the ultimate trust. I, I, I would be, I would gather to guess that most of us trust the people we see here on this earth more than we trust our creator, the person that designed us the person that gave us a purpose. Something to think about. So when you look at the multitudes who are weary, scattered, are you moved? Are you committed to caring about those who don't know the Lord? When Jesus was moved by compassion for these people, what specifically was he moved to do? Matthew 9, 37 through 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It is compassion. It is the compassion of Jesus that moves the gospel toward the lost. Now, you may not feel very compassionate towards sinners and ungodly people, but that is exactly the reason why you need to commit to the C5 vision. You need to envision the compassionate Savior so that you can become like him in caring for others. It's not always easy. I mean, think about the compassion that Jesus even had for his enemies. Think about the fights and the scuffles and the misunderstandings and the arguments that we get into this petty stuff, petty, irrelevant stuff, and we hold on to these resentments. We don't show grace 
to people that we know and love and maybe it's just even an acquaintance, but we hold people to these super high standards, not understanding that they're human, they're flawed. This is the problem with judgment, I believe, is because we don't know where that person's coming from. So when someone's hurting or somebody lashes out in anger towards you or calls you name or spreads rumors or lies, I know we want to get fighting mad and I mean, half of us want to punch them in the throat. I get it. But compassion and understanding and knowing that they're not really coming at you. I mean, sure, they may be saying bad things about you, but really it's, it's the, them trying to escape from what they are hurting and suffering with inside. I mean, you think about it, hurt people hurt people. You think about your abusers, men that have been sexually abused, women who have been physically abused, sexually abused. Your abuser didn't learn it from nowhere. They learned it from someone else. And it doesn't justify the behavior. However, if we can see them as a little boy or a little girl and recognize the wounded little girl or boy, if we can see that and understand that they were hurt too, maybe we can open our hearts to compassion. And in that compassion, we'll have the ability to truly forgive. Not forget, not forget, but forgive. Notice that this passage from the book of Matthew does not stop with the Lord's prayer request for laborers. It goes on to say in Matthew 10, 1, And when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Comp compassion is the foundation of the miraculous. Many people today are seeking after signs and wonders. Some seem almost desperate to see a demonstration of the miraculous. But the question is, why? Do they want it for excitement, for notoriety, for the sheer thrill of it? Or do they want it because they have been moved with compassion for those who need? Compassion is the foundation of the miraculous. Huh. It's a pretty powerful statement. Many people today are seeking after signs and wonders. Some seem almost desperate to see a demonstration of the miraculous. How many of you have been there? How many of you have been so desperate for some miraculous breakthrough? For a sign from God that he's real, that he's there? How many of you have been there with a gun in your hand pointed at your face? looking to end it. Where are you, God? Where are you? Do they want it for excitement, for the notoriety, the thrill of it? Do they want it because they've been moved with compassion for those in need? It's funny, our cries for God, like the, the source of where that comes from, whether it's a source of desperation, hopelessness, it's interesting. But, you know, you see this stuff on TV and you see a man senselessly murdered, and there's injustices that happen all over the world. I think of, it's hard for me to just think of, you know, what happens here in America when, you know, you, you think of the sex trade and human trafficking for all over the world. You think about starving children in Africa and other parts of the world. I mean, even here, you look at Los Angeles, Los Angeles, New York City. You look at their communities there that are falling apart. And, 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 and people are living in fear. And when people live in fear, how do they act? Well, the people that live in fear are the ones to be feared. But my heart breaks for them. My heart breaks for the city of Los Angeles. My heart breaks for the, the injustices from around the world. And, you know, and I, I don't have answers. What other than Jesus? <laughs> and I, and I, and I think that if, if we could all shift and let go of our anger and resentments and these petty arguments and this petty crap that we hang on to, 
if, if we could start to try to understand and have compassion for the other side, right? The other side of the argument, the other side of the conflict, and we start to have compassion, maybe our eyes would open up to see the whole world that God created. And if we took our, 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 our energies that we're so focused on these, these little petty things, oh, you love Donald Trump or you're a whatever, like politically, like we, we separate politically, we separate uh, on sports teams. We, we, like we waste so much energy on these things and we don't like people because they believe different than us. We don't like people because they, they sound different than us. Whatever the reason is, it's all so petty in the bigger picture things. And every time we get stuck on something so little and petty, we are distracted from what God created us to do. And we are distracted from what God created us to be. God did not create us to be hung up on this petty crap. He created us to be love, act in love, walk in forgiveness, and be who we were created to be. And if we are being who we were created to be, there would not be racism, there would not be discrimination, there would not be starving children, there would not be a socioeconomic, this, this, this balance of the uber wealthy and the supreme poor the wiping out of the middle class, there would be none of that. Because the people with wealth would be glad to share. Because we are to share. The money's not ours anyway. We're not going with it. When we die, the money stays. Why is it that we are not looking to serve? Why is it that we are getting so hung up and wasting our energy on things that do not matter when when we have a world we get to change for the better, where are my warriors at? Where are my kingdom citizens that are living in their purpose, that are looking to create change all over the world? I did it to me. Look, and here's the thing. I'm guilty of this. Like, I'm totally guilty of this. Today, I posted something on uh, Facebook, made the horrible mistake of doing this, but it's been bothering me for so long that I posted it. And then I quickly realized that people are looking to be upset and people are looking to be mad about stuff. So you can't even ask a question out of curiosity with people getting without people getting their panties in a wad. And it's insane to me. I asked the question, how different would the world be if people did not, what were the exact words? How different would the world be had we not been brainwashed to believe Jesus was white? like white, like Oklahoma white, like me. Like how different would it be? Because I'm curious, maybe there would be no difference. But I, you know, I asked that question and like I quickly realized I was getting sucked in to distractions. I was getting distracted from what it is that I'm really supposed to be doing and paying attention to. But even that, but I was curious, I wanted to know, but I got myself engaged where I'm going like trying to justify like my, like it was just a question that no one wanted to answer, but they all had opinions about it. <laughs> like, what was I doing? So I'm just as guilty about this. I was getting all fired up about it. <laughs> Randy says, be warriors for what's right. Always. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Labels separate us. Yes. It's our job to, uh, to give all forgiveness we get daily. Amen. It sure can be tough to stay calm when you feel unfairly attacked. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Compassion. I've already said that. Uh, compassion is the foundation of the miraculous. Many people today are seeking after signs and wonders. Some seem almost desperate to be a demonstration of the miraculous. But the question is, why? Do they want it for the excitement, for the notoriety, for the sheer thrill of it? Or do they want it because they have been moved with compassion for those in need. Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. I love hearing the pastor and Glenn talk about the gospels, like hearing those two talk about it always inspires me. I miss the Bible studies at the pastor's house because he would break things down and like help me see things I couldn't see before. 
Um, so I love hearing him talk about Matthew. I don't know why I'm sharing that. I just am. Matthew 20, 34. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Mark 1, 41 to 42. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was clean. It was cleansed. A C5 vision is the place where nearly everyone, it seems, wants to be. Most believers want to be soul winners and most people want to see miracles. Who can relate? I love seeing miracles. I love it. I love being a miracle. I love being a part of, I, I love being a part of the miraculous wonders of God. I love, and I'm not saying this from a place of ego, but I love that. I, it's exciting to me. I love going, yep, this is what Jesus saved me from. It's the coolest thing. It, it's amazing because for so long, I thought I was unsavable. For the longest time, I was unreachable. I'll never get well. I'll never be anything. I'll always be a junkie. I'll always be this. I'll always be that. All of that. All of those lies. All of those limiting beliefs that said I wasn't good enough. Whether I was saying it to myself, who can relate? How many of you tell yourself that you aren't good enough? Or when someone says it to you, you believe them. That to me is a lost identity and who Jesus says you are. A C5 vision is the place where nearly everyone, it seems, wants to be. Most believers want to be soul winners, and most people want to see miracles. But what we need to understand is that this is intended to be the fruit of everything that comes before it. It is for the graduates, not those just entering kindergarten. This is not to say that we cannot touch this area until we have lived for God for 20 years. God is eager to do miracles and save the lost. But why don't we see this happening more often? Could it be because many of God's people are trying to operate in this vision while skipping over some of the most important aspects of being a Christian? Can we have fruit without roots? What do you guys think? Can we have fruit without roots? Can we have fruit without a trunk? Can we have fruit without branches? No. No, we can't. Fruitfulness is the result of the growth process, not the cause of it. The desire to be fruitful may motivate us to move forward, but the fruit itself, I'm sorry, the fruit itself is the result not the cause. How would you describe the intensity of your desire to be fruitful? I'll admit, for the longest time, when I heard fruitful, what it meant was I used to think, well, that means I'm going to make some money. Like, yeah, but that was where my focus was. I didn't have any money when I gave my life to Jesus. Who can relate? And I kept going, kept thinking that God, like salvation was like a, I mean, this is not why I got saved or why I gave my life to Christ, but I sure as heck thought that I was going to step into, you know, well, you know, success, or I did believe that I was going to be able to regain what I had lost immediately. Not understanding the importance of obedience, not understanding the importance of repentance, not understanding the importance of spiritual maturity that comes from walking in obedience, saying no to the things we really want to say yes to, the desires of the flesh. And look, it's not like I've perfected that by any means. I'm still very much a fleshly human sometimes. But the desire to want to be obedient and to walk it and to walk in what you know, to walk in what you've learned, whether from a pastor, whether from the Holy Spirit, 
But to walk in that, like it's one thing if you don't know, but when you know and you still say, eh, I'm going to ignore that call of obedience this time. There's consequences for it. And they're not always nice. But I got news for you. Even when you slip up as a Christian, because I believe that Jesus is not obsessed with sin, that's why he died for us. But Jesus gets to use our confession. Jesus gets to use our repentance. He will use all things. The desire to be fruitful may motivate us moving forward, but the fruit itself, not the cause. So how would you describe your in, the intensity of your desire to be fruitful? Well, seeing what has happened with obedience, and again, not perfect, but seeing what that commitment and the desire to be obedient has produced in my life, I would say that it's increased the intensity. At first, it gets really hard, you know, in the very, very beginning, because you're still fighting your head, your brain, those negative thoughts that come at you and the taunts of the devil. And you will continue to, 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 to battle those, I believe. But, you know, early on, it's really tough, especially with new baby Christians. I wish I could think of a good animal analogy, like when the babies get eaten. Like, don't baby birds get eaten or something? <laughs> they have to be protected. <laughs> anyway, but the desire and like when you start to see why God wants you to walk in obedience, it's because he's preparing something for you. But obedience is the only way you're going to be able to truly receive all that God has for you. You may wonder why we have not labeled this lesson committed to soul winning. The reason is because we are not the savior. And that's something too. That I would, I would imagine that any pastor, um, evangelist, anyone that's you know teaching the word of God, I would imagine that can get really tough sometimes having to balance, you know, that that. Well, because you're put on a pedestal. I mean, I remember early on when you know I was going to church, I was going to this Baptist church in Moore, Oklahoma, and you know it was hellfire and damnation, that kind of thing. But I remember early on, you know, just thinking, I remember early on at that church, just thinking that I was not, you know, the, the, I didn't understand. I lost my train of thought. Forgive me. <laughs> I was stretching to make a point and I completely blew it. Never mind. You may wonder why we have not labeled this lesson. Okay. If we really care about the loss, we will also be committed to the things that result in increase. If we start with a commitment to consistent prayer and we add to that good character, a willingness to connect with others and to work hard, and we add on top of all of that compassion, we will see people coming to God as he gives the increase. This is the fruit on the tree. But if we leave off any of those elements, we cannot complain about our lack of fruitfulness. So, so consider this, which of these are you not committed to? So if we start with a commitment to consistent prayer, how many of us can say we are committed to consistent prayer? I don't, you know, like that is a wrestling match for me. I really try to be hardcore about all three. Like I'm trying to find like this perfect equation of like, okay, this is how much time I spend in prayer. This is how much time I spend in the Bible. And this is how much time I spend worshiping. And sometimes it's a little chaotic. And I'm one of those people, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I'm one of those people that, that loves to be in, in, in a rhythm. I love to be in flow. I love to kind of do everything in order. But you know what? Sometimes life happens, and it keeps you from being able to do that. Like how many people struggle with that? Let's see here. Being a warrior for God is to do right, even when we know without a doubt we'll take it on the chin. Being a Christian isn't about how well we believe. It's about what we can do to help further God's plan. In every action, in every word, and especially during every sin we commit, and every weakness we allow in our soul. Wow. 
No fruit if we don't plant seeds, and then water and care for our plants. Uh, let's see. Good to see you guys. Welcome. Bible study is awesome in bringing clarity to our day-to-day day -day lives. Yeah, and you know something off-topic? I, being the, the, the Bible study thing, like I want to be able to, like there's got to be a way to perfect this online because that Bible study, when you can hear other people's perceptions and those of you that are believers um, or you're interested in the Bible, there's no better way to learn the Bible than to be around people that know it better than you and to be able to hear what they heard when you guys do readings together. And when you people may hear or see something from the Holy Spirit that you don't see and they share it and they reveal it to you. Like this is why it's so important that we have community together. This is so important why we um, like why we spend time together in fellowship. Like one of the things I miss most about being in Oklahoma City is being able to go to the pastor's house and just having fellowship to learn from him. You know, I, I get these devotionals from Glenn um, every morning. I don't know if you guys get them or not, but they're incredible. But like, imagine being able to to, to share that powerful that powerful devotional with a group of people and breaking it down and finding out how their life experience applies to that. Like, we have to be willing, and this is another part too about compassion, because one of the biggest issues I think even Christians have. It's having compassion for other Christians because we get hung up in judgment. We get hung up in with in criticizing that they're not Christian enough. They don't worship enough. Maybe they're not praying enough. Like, it, it, like we're not meeting necessarily people where they're at, or we don't may not understand that they have this different viewpoint, or maybe they're so dedicated to serving the Lord, but there's parts of their life they haven't healed yet. Like we have to be so careful about how. We, we treat each other, especially other believers, especially new believers. Yes, we get to hold each other to a higher standard. Yes, we get to hold each other to a standard of excellence and how we do things and how we carry ourselves. But we also get to have compassion. And, it, and, and so like sometimes, and I, I hear about small group meetings a lot where people bring in their drama. They bring in the things that they're struggling with. They bring in, you know, their, their, their spousal fights and they bring it. And there's that energy that comes into the room. That is not an energy that's going to produce a fruitful Bible study. I think we really, really get to work hard. And again, I can't, I'm, this is not a blanket statement. I'm just from feedback I hear from other people. I hear about other people's small groups and how, and, and what happens. And it's like, this is worse than junior high. Seriously, like I might as well watch the Kardashians. Like it's like the Kardashians version of the Bible study. What the heck? It's not producing fruit. This is not a place that the, the Holy Spirit wants to come take over and, and, and have his way. But I mean, if we can go in with a compassionate heart and an understanding, I wonder what the Holy Spirit would be able to do if we allowed him. Let's see. Pastors tend to get judged harshly. Friends facilitate on how they view and respect you. Can be tough, and that's why we need to embrace and understand the greatness of God and how we are supported and loved. It gives me strength to carry on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah indeed, Laura. Very good share. Thank you for that. Okay. God's purpose is to cover the earth with his glory as the waters cover the sea. Jesus said in John 15, 8, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. The true disciples of Jesus glorify God by bearing fruit. How? By compassionately sharing the gospel with people who don't know the Lord. You know, sometimes and I could be out of turn for saying this, but I just want to give my perspective. And then this is an opinion. I could be wrong. You, you feel free to criticize me for saying this. But sometimes I don't believe that it's the right thing to do to, to lead with the Bible when we're trying to win people over. The Bible says, and then like some people don't have the ears to hear all that. 
we have a lot of really hurt, wounded people. And I believe that that is being exposed on a brand, like a whole new level now. We have information everywhere. You, you can't, notifications on your phone, all the social media platforms. There's a lot of, it, it's just, you see hurt everywhere. You don't see anyone coming into alignment together. But you know what I see? A lot of people that are doing the exact opposite of what Jesus would want us to do. I, that's what I see. But I really believe in my heart when we're seeing these hurting people, just being compassionate, just having love, just being willing to listen. Because if we just let the hurt person speak to us, and maybe it's gonna come out screaming, maybe it's gonna come out hostile, maybe it's gonna come out some ugly way with a bunch of F-bombs. But if we can listen with a compassionate heart, I'm pretty confident that the Holy Spirit will give us the words to say that are able to reach them, that are give you the opportunity to be an example of the love of Jesus. And sometimes I don't believe that throwing the Bible verse or the Bible at people out of the jump is the right thing to do. And maybe I'm wrong. And I'm willing to be wrong, but I do know this. When I had the Bible pushed on me or devotionals pushed on me, like, hey, read this, hey, read this. I'm like, I don't got time for that. I don't have the years for this. Or even if I did read it, like, it wasn't registering. So I don't know if you can relate to that, but I just felt led to share. So the true disciples of Jesus glorify God by bearing fruit. How? By compassionately sharing the gospel with people who do not know the Lord. Your testimony is the gospel, by the way. Just saying. Which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. Colossians 1, 5 through 6. Like a seed, the gospel has life within itself. We just need to plant it. It will produce the fruit. Are you willing to make a commitment to caring? Are you willing to go all the way to a C5 vision? This is more than just a commitment to outreach or soul winning. This is a commitment to the roots, the trunk, and the branches. These things must be in place for you. These things must be in place before you can expect ongoing, long-lasting fruitfulness. What can we say about a person who has reached the place of a C5 vision? How could we describe him? Number one, and if you have pens, write this down, or you can comment along, whatever. By the way, the writing part, when you find information that is powerful for you, when you write it down, it has this way of massaging it into your brain, and you don't forget it. Taking notes is pretty powerful. He is committed to the Word of God, to reading it, studying it, and knowing it. So again, what can we say about a person who has reached the place of a C5 vision? How could we describe him? He is committed to the word of God, reading it, studying it, and knowing it. Number two, he is committed to praise. No one has to get him worked up. He praises Jesus because of who he is. Worship, uh, and I'm, I'm not a biblical scholar, but I can only share my own experience. Worship has this way of bringing you out of depression when you're worried about something. It has, it, it has this way of it just changes the energy in the room. It changes your heart. It's, it's, and I really believe it's because it's opening the heavens. And it also, like, I don't believe that you can praise, like, you can really be in gratitude for Jesus 
if we don't worship? Because what do you do when you're happy? Think about it, when you're in a good mood and you're in the shower, washing your hair, well, or shaving your head, washing, your, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill this place. You don't. You know what I mean? Like you're singing, you're worshiping. You're like, yeah, you're dancing. Like you can dance. You can dance and glorify Jesus. Dancing, it's a form of worship, especially when you're dancing for Jesus. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Of course, I know. I know Word of God Church knows that because I've seen you guys dance. <laughs> Ain't no party like a Holy Spirit party because the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Ain't no party like a Holy Spirit party because the Holy Spirit party don't stop. I can't say that very fast. I'm afraid I'd curse. <laughs> but it's true. Like, you want to have a party? I know some of you loved the party back in the day. You want to have a good party? Invite the Holy Spirit. It'll light things up. But like, it's the ultimate expression of gratitude. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. And when you have life come at you, when you have life come and try to kick you in the throat, guess what? Praise Jesus anyway. Do you know why? Because the outcome is guaranteed. The outcome is guaranteed. No matter what it is, no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what struggle, the Holy Spirit, like God has got your back. Jesus has got your back. He's not going to let you fail. And I promise you, what looks like failure, what looks like a setback is really a setup. It's really it's really diverting your path because that one was going to take you in the wrong direction and God's got big plans for you and he needs you in sync with what he's got for you. And that, my friends, is worth worshiping Jesus for. There's a lot of reasons to worship Jesus. A lot. But the fact that all of your obstacles, all of your trials... All of that, the outcome is guaranteed. You are victorious. God did not create you to fail. Think about this. Why would God create anyone to fail? It's like, I can't, I can't think of it. For some reason, I'm thinking of baseball now. I'm thinking of like the, the, the batter that doesn't want to bunt because he doesn't want to jack up his batting average like why would jesus want you to fail like why would he god why would have god created you to fail like it hurts god's testimony it hurts god's promises god created you for a, a, a an extraordinary purpose and it was not to fail especially after you surrender your life to jesus why else would he make it where all of your failures get to be the fuel for your victory? Why? That's why God, again, is worthy of praise. We could keep going with examples. So, the person, what can we say about the person who's reached the place of a C5 vision? How could we describe him? He is committed to prayer. No one has to encourage him to pray. He prays because he recognizes without that prayer, he has no relationship with Jesus in any practical sense. Prayer changes things. Prayer will take your, your, your worry over finances, your worry over job, your worry over purpose, your worry over betrayal, your worry over over. Over, 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 or just, you know, like you, maybe it's lack of trust. Maybe you don't trust the person you're with. Prayer changes that. Prayer, even saying, Thy will be done. Father God, Thy will be done. My life is not my own. Use all of me, all of me for your purposes. That's a prayer. 
especially when you mean it, especially when you mean it. And God knows when you mean it. That's what I'm saying. Ultimate expression of gratitude is praise, worship. It's the ultimate expression of gratitude. So when you're at church and you're sitting there going, eh, praise you. Or you got your hands in your pocket. I wish you could see my hands. And you're sitting there in the music. God, I wish they'd get this. Just hurry up. Just get to the preacher. The worship music sets the tone. The worship music opens the heavens for the word to penetrate right into your heart and soul. I don't believe the word can hit you without worship first. Hit you the way it's intended to. Again, could be wrong, but that's what I believe. And since I'm behind the microphone, I guess I get to give my opinion. <laughs> the people respond better to love and compassion. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, okay. Just wanted to check comments here. All right. Number four, he is committed to Christ-like character. He values being gentle, humble, kind, honest, strong, and steadfast. You know what? I'm going to talk to the guys for a second. I just used to, I, 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 sometimes I want to kick myself for the way I used to be and thinking about what I thought a man was. I used to think being a man was getting angry, being able to growl the loudest, throwing stuff around. I'm a man, I gotta work, I got things to do. And just in the selfish nature that that I that I that I had, where like I, I didn't believe that being a man was gentle. I didn't believe being a man was humble or I mean kind, okay, maybe. Honest, never considered it before. Strong. steadfast and conviction like these are all things that I never had value in and I and I thought I had to have a hard heart to be a man men don't cry men just men just keep going keep pushing all those lies I never had a chance of ever becoming the man or even becoming close to the man. And I'm not where I know God wants me to be yet. It's a journey. It's a journey. But I will tell you, I have never felt like a man until I learned compassion. I, 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 through having a compassionate heart for uh, believers, non-believers, just people in general. But I feel more like a man having compassion and being willing to cry over injustices. And that compassion I've realized, like I don't need rage and fire. And boy, I'm, I'm fiery. Don't get me wrong. Like that hadn't changed. I'm intense, but it's the compassionate side of me that allows me to feel like a man. I joke all the time about relationship, you know, my relational maturity. My, I have this joke with my family. Um, <laughs> the. I like, well, I'm like in third grade, I'm like third grade now. And it's talking about my relationship maturity because, you know, I had been in the cocoon for so long. And when I was in Oklahoma city, getting trained up and mentored and still being mentored by the pastor and, and Glenn and, you know, the other elders, but I, you know, I, 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 when I left 
and came out of the cocoon, you know, I, it was, it became quite the journey for me and it became a reality check of where I was in maturity. And I get excited. I'm like, okay, I'm in high school now. Like I have a high school level maturity, <laughs> but it, it, it takes time and work, but I've been so immature relationally for so long and so selfish. And I barely had skills to take care of myself and why I thought bringing other people into my life was the thing to do, especially relationships or choosing to get married when I knew I had the emotional maturity of a three-year-old. But you know, now I've realized that compassion has allowed me to become more mature. It's growing me up, allowing my heart to hurt. When there's conflict, instead of running to go cheat, like how many can admit to this? Like you're in a relationship and you got things go sideways a little bit. Sorry, I'm distracted. I keep thinking those are protesters that are running across the back here. <laughs> Maybe it is. Anyway, um, the, but the compassion has allowed me to mature. And I would have never thought that. Allowing my heart to break, allowing my heart to hurt, but instead of like when I get hurt acting out and responding with anger or responding, responding in an immature way of going and, and cheating or trying to find uh, another girlfriend or, or, or burning a, a professional bridge, burning a bridge that, you know, doesn't need to be burned. And even if the relationship, the business partnership is not meant to be, there's no reason to torch anything. Like walking in compassion, walking in forgiveness, and how that attitude and that mindset, again, not perfect, but how that shift has allowed me to start to mature. And as I've matured, I've started to see my, my, my fruits. I've started to see myself in my life produce more and more fruit. And then it's an extraordinary feeling. It's an extraordinary experience to see. Again, thought macho was aggressive and no, it's the opposite. Now, there's times that you need to be fighting mad. I get it. But what's leading you? What's, what's fueling that? I believe compassion can fuel that, and the outcome becomes so much different. He is committed to connection. He values his relationships within the body of Christ and works hard at keeping disunity out of the body by being quick to forgive. How quickly are you able to truly forgive? And if you struggle with forgiveness, I want to encourage you to quit focusing on the forgiveness part and focus on the compassion part. Because I don't believe you can forgive without compassion. Maybe that's just my own life. But I know so many other believers, and I'm talking to you. I know you're watching right now. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I know so many believers, God-fearing, God-loving, Jesus-worshiping, holy fire. Like, I know. I see you. But you struggle with forgiveness. You can't let go. I beg you tonight to allow yourself to forget forgiveness right now and start to pray for compassion. Compassion. Compassion is gonna open the floodgates of forgiveness. He is committed to calling. He recognizes both what he is gifted to do and what he is not gifted to do. And he is working diligently at developing his gifts and putting them to work in the kingdom of God. Hmm. Do you recognize what you're gifted to do? If you're not, pray, Heavenly Father, what are my gifts? What is it that you created me for? Show me, reveal, tell me what I need to do to discover it. I got a secret for you. 
if you don't know what your gifted is, what, what your gifts are, you don't know what you were born to do. If that's the case, I wonder, do you struggle with forgiveness? Do you struggle with holding resentments towards others? He is committed to caring, number seven. He cares about people. He is moved by the condition of those who do not know Jesus. He cares about missions. He cares about outreach. He cares about reaching just one more person with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a portrait of a mature believer in Jesus Christ. This is what it means to be Christ-like. Let's see, people have stories of their journey with tales of their life's trials and tribulations. This is why it's so helpful to connect with Bible stories. There's a million of them to connect with and see the similarities and joy and blessings. Absolutely. Um, and here's the thing. Actually, I want to go back to this. She says that people have stories of their journey with tales of their life's trials and tribulations. That's why it's so helpful to connect with Bible stories. What if I told you that you were a Bible story? What if I told you your life is a Bible story? Your story, your testimony may be the Bible story and the gospel that people need to hear to bring them to the word of God. Consider that, if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity just to, to do my best um, at delivering your word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you, again, I, I, I pray that the words that I've been guided to give resonated and had an impact on the people that needed to, to hear it. Compassion is not easy. Forgiveness is not easy. But Lord, I just ask that tonight you allow people to expand their mind and their heart and op open it up wide and allow you to pour supernatural, supernatural compassion and understanding into their hearts and minds. Supernaturally, supernaturally, Father, compassion, supernatural compassion. We have a nation, we have a world to heal. And the only way to heal it is with the love of Jesus Christ, Lord. But until we heal ourselves with your love, until we have the compassion that only that you were so amazing at expressing, only then will we start to see the healing that this world needs. So Lord, I ask that you drop the Holy Spirit on everyone right now in the name of Jesus. Drop the Holy Spirit power of compassion. Heal this world, Lord. Create a world where everyone gets the opportunity to win. No one is left behind. No one has to be unheard. Truly heard is what we get to have. We get to have compassion. We get to have a sympathetic ear. We get to understand or try to understand. Let the healing that needs to take place in the hearts and minds of your children all over the world take place now. Heal them in such a way that they can finally see clearly their purpose and why you created them. Allow them to hear your audible voice. Your audible voice. Speak to their hearts. Speak to their minds. Let them know that you are the only way. You are the truth. For those of you that, that are listening or watching right now, 
and you don't know Jesus and you don't understand a word that has come out of my mouth, but you're hurting and you're lost and you're confused, none of that is of God. But I just ask that you, with confidence, with a, with a sincere heart, say, Father, I don't talk to you. Like, I don't even know, like I, 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 like, I don't know what Josh is even talking about. But I know that I'm hurting and I know that I'm angry. I know that I am just, I, I resent so many people, so much hatred in my heart, Lord, and I'm tired of it. It's leading to nothing. I want what Josh is talking about, even though I don't even understand it. Maybe you do understand it and you want it. Father, my life is no longer my own. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins to give me the opportunity for a new life, to live in your purpose, to experience the joy that I've been so desperate for for most of my life that I've chased with drugs and alcohol and sex. Lord, I surrender this to you. I surrender my life to you. My life is no longer my own. Use all of me for your purpose. Holy Spirit, take over my life. Transform me. Renew my mind. Renew my heart. Renew my spirit. Make me bold. Create in me a new heart, a new mind, and a mind and a heart and a spirit that is focused on living for you day in, day out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for giving me that new mind. Thank you for renewing my heart. Thank you for the extraordinary purpose that you have called me to live. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Betty, good to see you. Todd, thank you. God bless you, my friend. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, Father. Thank you, Brad. And uh, thank you so much for putting that on the screen. So, guys, um, your support of My Brother's Keeper and Word of God Church, and you'll see the GoFundMe here on the link. If you're listening on the radio or podcast, GoFundMe.com slash F slash My Brother's Keeper 2020, uh, or you can just Google My Brother's Keeper GoFundMe, and it'll be My Brother's Keeper 2020. Uh, this is an extraordinary group of men and women who really come from similar places as you, most of you that are watching. I mean, at least I, I know most of my audience anyway. Um, but I just want to tell you that these men and women are, are, are doing something that is not easy. And that is walking away from their lives and, and, and going into a program to day in, day out, learn the word of God, rehabilitate their lives, and allowing Jesus to restore and heal them. And why is that not easy? Well, <laughs> it's not always easy to live with other men and women. It's not always easy to be able to go into situations where, you know, like when you walk away from what you know, and you go into a place full surrender where you have most of your freedoms taken away, that they are dedicated to serving the Lord. They are, they are dedicated to, you know, to, to renewing their, their, their life, to getting a new start, but they're doing it through the word of God. And these men and women are special. These men and women are true warriors. These men and women need your support. They need your support so that they can continue to not just have shelter, but so we can continually to build My Brother's Keeper by implementing new programs, new educational opportunities. Like there's a big vision that we have for My Brother's Keeper and we cannot do it without your help. I believe in these men and women because I was one of those men and women and I still am. I didn't go through that program the way that they have, but I am very much a part of my brother's keeper and i'm very much a testimony of what word of god church 
and the, and what we learned from Pastor Castillo there, what it can do in your life. And your support matters. And there's people watching all over the world on 50 different mediums, I believe. So give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, give five thousand. If you feel led to give, give. This is an amazing ministry. It's good soil. And I assure you, ever since I've sown to that church, I've seen my life transform. And again, there's other parts to it. There's obedience and so on. But your support matters. So please give. GoFundMe.com slash F slash My Brother's Keeper 2020. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Betty, so good to see you. Reverend Laura, thank you for being here. Uh, Tiffany, God bless you. Thank you. And um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Sunday morning, tomorrow, 1030 a.m. Uh, you'll be able to watch Word of God Church. Uh, amazing worship music, especially now that the sound is fixed. Good job, guys. And um, Pastor Castillo will deliver an amazing, always powerful message. God bless you guys. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for um, all of your support. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you.